Hello, we're Project 6 and we're a charity working with people in South and West Yorkshire. We deliver a range of services to support people with alcohol and other drug use to help individuals, families and communities to make meaningful and sustainable change in their well-being. And you're listening to our podcast. So the purpose of this, we wanted to share some ideas and different viewpoints on how we can improve drug and alcohol support, work that's already taking place and what the future could look like, and especially how we can challenge and even dismantle the stigma and discrimination associated with problematic alcohol and drug use. Why? Because that's what the people who come to our service say is what matters to them. This is another bite-sized conversation. Project 6 Senior Trainer Simon is speaking to Tim Renshaw. Tim is the Chief Executive of the Arch Project, who have been supporting people in Sheffield experiencing homelessness for over 30 years. This was recorded shortly after Tim had completed a two-week sleepout in Sheffield, and he and Simon are discussing what the idea of choice might look like for people accessing services. Hi, I'm Simon Francis. I'm the senior trainer for Project 6 and I'm also working on the Changing Futures programme. I'll hand over to Tim Renshaw, uh, Chief Executive of the Archer Project. Tim, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Well, I've been at the Archer Project for 17 years, which is quite a long time. Uh, The Archer Project is part of the sort of third sector infrastructure of, for homelessness in Sheffield and has been since 1990. I've been really interested in how uh, the project and the third sector uh, can work to the agenda and also challenge and influence the agenda of the public sector around homelessness. There's a perception in some circles that people have got the lives that they've got because of the choices they make, almost this idea of the lives that they deserve. Um, What would you say to that? Uh, I think choice still, even within our sector, is a word we use very badly at the moment uh, because we're working, for instance, with accommodation providers or health providers who will still say, well, this person's been offered the chance for this appointment or for this accommodation, and they're not taking it. So they're choosing not to take it. And, and I, I think we need to think about choice uh, much more carefully. One of uh, the people I work with said recently, and I think this is uh, really pertinent, that if the choice is to live on the street, what was the alternative choice? And if we're going to use choice language, then I think we need to use it in slightly that context, that the alternatives must be really awful for somebody to choose a really bad option in life. Uh, that goes for, you know, if I don't attend appointments and things, am I choosing not to attend appointments or is there something else about my life at that moment in time which is making that not an option? The notion of choice challenges services and the way we think about homelessness uh, to change the way we deliver rather than to say, okay, this is somebody's choice, that person should live with it. But I think trauma-informed ideas also challenges to think about lives that are reactionary. So if, if somebody has experienced considerable trauma 
and they are living out of or very easily moving to that part of their brain which is reactionary how do i survive how do i defend myself how do i protect myself um and we're seeing uh for instance somebody um live with uh somebody who's really quite abusive and seeing that relationship as a protective relationship then we have to understand that as a reaction that is still the safest place for me at that time even though i might get beat up yeah. in that place and everything about my life to this point has uh in terms of how i think about survival has led me to think that that's a good option or the best option for me at that moment in time so the the problem uh, certainly in conversation with some other people uh about this idea about the way the brain work is almost predicting life's outcomes for us is that that sort of says we have no real choice everything's predicted for us because of my background i am likely to become homeless i am likely to become an offender and spend time in prison i am likely to become an addict things like that that suggests that there isn't any self determination any real options for the people we're working with and i think we need to challenge that idea when i'm looking at the options in front of me how many options do i realistically see so if i'm looking from the point of a service provider if i'm tim working in the project i might see 10 options if i'm the person i'm working with how many of those 10 options do i really see and and i think that's that's one of the big differences so i, I think one of the challenges is how do we as organizations help people to see more of those options as realistic options for them part of that then is about trust and relationship if i'm going to choose something that reels really uncomfortable i need to know that the person i'm working with will not disappear while i'm i'm taking this this really uh in my head a uh, dodgy choice you know it may it may promise all sorts of long term but i'm not used to promises being fulfilled i'm not used to good things happening to me so you've got to make that sound really possible for me to be able to say yes to that option and that choice that's i think the challenge for us as agencies to turn to turn it round you'd be interested in your thoughts as to where the concept of stigma fits yeah. into <laughs> service delivery and kind of from an individual perspective for me i think partly stigma is an internalized process whereby you tell somebody someone's offering me look you start to be, believe it behave accordingly but but that's me what what's your reflection well i th- i think there is something tr- uh, uh, about that this last weekend i was with um, our social enterprise printed by us uh, on a market and uh the person in the next door said to me because he knew I was a chief executive uh, did you know the bloke who was here yesterday was telling people he used to be in prison uh, and i said yeah he said well it's not a good sales pitch is it he said i've been doing sales all my life it's not a good sales pitch i said but it's honest though isn't it and and actually in his case what he's saying is i realize all these negative things have happened in my life and i'm fed up of trying to hide them 
because when I hide them, it's as though they're my fault. And actually, when I speak out about them, I'm saying, this is what happened to me in my life. And I'm sharing that with other people and say society needs to change. Of course, the salesman didn't get it. So we realize that stigma is there. If I think about the 14 days I spent on the street, uh, then the stigma I started to feel was about me as a person, about the fact that I, I was in unclean clothes and I thought people could smell me. I thought I wouldn't take my boots off in company because my feet absolutely were awful. I'm not going to take my boots off or shoes off and take my socks off and clean my feet there and then because I don't want to admit to everybody how poor my uh, personal hygiene is. I want to take it away into some corner or something. I started apologizing all the time for being me. Um, uh, or what I was at that moment in time. So I think the idea of stigma is imposed externally, but also there's a stigma that is growing within people, which, which largely says to however we put it, uh, I cannot join in this society because of how I am and what I'm doing at this time, or because I smell, or because, um, because at some point I need a fix and I don't want people to see me have that fix or, or whatever it is, or, um, or because some of the people I meet with to go and graft in the afternoon, I don't want, I don't want everybody to know that that's how, what I have to do to survive in order to get the drugs, which makes my habit and makes my day bearable. Right. So I think some of those come from that sense of within i know that i'm not living the best life that i can and that makes me feel horrible about myself yeah I, i'm thinking about this idea of being defined by your past and your circumstances your situation when you did your um two weeks sleep out you, you I, I don't know whether tim renshaw got lost in that somewhere and you started to identify as something other does, does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I had these crazy little conversations with myself at times because I knew that I was both on the street, but I didn't have to be on the street. So the experience at the time was real, but I knew that it didn't have to be that way because I had other options. So on my very last day of uh, rough sleeping, I was walking down Ecclesaw Road. I hadn't had any food uh, up to that point that day. And I was going to go in the little Sainsbury's halfway down, uh, down the road. And just outside uh, the Sainsbury's was a bloke who was obviously waiting for somebody who was inside holding a dog. And he was quite well dressed. Um, and now what I saw was the way he looked me up and down. I don't know what he thought at that moment. In my head, he said, you look shit. <laughs> who, who do you think you are? You know, why are you like that? And I, I walked past. I didn't go to Sainsbury's. I, I felt unwelcome. So five yards down the road, I was laughing to myself because I was saying, Tim, you could go in. You're not homeless. You've got a wallet in your pocket. You've got money in the bank. Um, you could turn around and say to him, hey, mate, do you know what I'm doing? <laughs> right? Take that smirk off. I could have done all of that. 
But I didn't, at that moment in time, I was lost in this, ex, this experience that I was going through and I felt sharply, pointedly, another point of rejection and telling me I didn't belong. If we translate that to services in the broadest yeah. sense, yeah. perhaps we can understand why people are less yeah. likely to engage with yeah. services that are judging. Or and and or small things. Yeah, that's right, because this person, I didn't know him. I don't know what he was thinking. I projected my thoughts of what he was thinking onto him. He may have been thinking something really kind and uh, about generosity. That didn't come across to me. I've known occasions in the project, for instance, when somebody's been distracted, a, a member of the team or volunteer who's also a member of the team, been distracted about doing something and hasn't given somebody who is by them the attention that that person's expecting. And they've experienced that as rejection and dislike. That person doesn't like me. So this is, I think, where the trauma-informed really starts to uh, teach us about how our services and people working within services, how much we have to be aware of changing the way we work in order to make people feel valuable, valued, worthy. Um, they are worthy, but do they feel worthy? They are valuable, but do they feel valuable? We are there to support them, but do they feel as though we're there to support them? We have to work to change that perception. Um, now, we work with some people who, at times, we really struggle to like because of some of the things they do and, and the values that they portray. We have to put that aside because what we're seeing at that moment in time is a person whose existence still is defined by the past. Trauma-informed, I think, is teaching us to say, let's try and let's, let's acknowledge that there's a different uh, personality here that could come out if only we were good enough at creating the circumstance for that personality to blossom. And that's it. I've added a link to Tim's Big Sleep Out blog in the description of this episode. I really recommend you go and have a look after this. And if you don't already know them, get online and check out The Arch Project. They are an amazing organisation. There was so much interesting stuff in the full conversation we recorded that right after this you can listen to a bonus episode of Tim speaking specifically about his experiences of sleeping out. That's got some really interesting insights. 22nd of June this year, the Project 6 Ideas Conference is going to be in Doncaster. The Drug and Alcohol Sector Ecosystem Choice, Balance and Opportunity if you've enjoyed this conversation, then make sure you check out the lineup at project6.org.uk slash conference. Even better, you can still take advantage of early bird savings until the 12th of May. We're looking forward to seeing you there and we hope you can join us here next time. Make sure you check out that next bonus episode with Tim and that's enough from me. Mm-hmm.